Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. And good evening. Welcome to the Bullet Grill House High School Sports Pregame Show. Craig Irwin, Brian Best, Chris Moran down there on the far end. We're at 401 Highway 156 in Point Blank, Texas, and uh, out here on the patio once again for the third week in a row. But we've had uh, had a little moisture this week, really kind of cooled things off for us, guys. It, uh, yeah, we got some we got some good rain today. Last Gosh. couple days, it's it's been uh, waves of downpours, so we needed it. I heard the fire ban. Uh, it's finally over here in San Jacinto County. So. Yeah, the commissioner's court, they had decided that if we had gotten 10 inches of rain accumulative in a certain time frame, that they would lift the burn band. And uh, we have achieved and or exceeded that. So, uh, yeah, I got I got word today that burn band got lifted on Wednesday. So. I figured it did because I saw people burning on my way over here. <laughs> yeah, well, they were doing that anyway. I got a scanner at the house for the fire departments and uh man them jokers all hours of the night getting called out i'm talking about 10 30 11 o'clock at night somebody's calling mm-hmm. somebody in for an illegal burn you know getting the fire department out there so uh guys we made it through week six of high school football and uh we're over halfway through the regular season and uh brian you had the you had the week off from football yeah uh you got to go Got to go watch some volleyball. We do. That's uh, a Livingston didn't get a loss. No, no, they first week not. without a loss. It <laughs> it is, and I, I think it's going to continue this week. Uh, it very well, possibly could. They got Huffman at the house, and I heard Ken talking about the food y'all are going to have in the press box. Yeah, I'm looking forward to both of those. Yeah, Brian's like leftovers. That's yeah. exactly what he's thinking. He's like, man, I'm going to be able to eat. I was going like- to say not necessarily in any sort of order because, uh, you know, I'm always looking forward to the food. So. Right. Hey, I'm thinking Brian's looking forward to leftovers and like, man, I won't have to buy food until Thursday because we'll be at Bullet Grill on Wednesday. That's true. So That's true. Think I can, about I can all really the work this out. Think about all the money you're saving. Yeah. It's uh, This job's got its perks. It, it definitely does. It definitely has its perks. So, uh we enjoy it. We're we're out here at Bullet Girl House every Wednesday night, uh, recording this show. Bingo nights on Wednesday nights. A lot of good stuff going on here, and uh, man, we had we had some good games to uh, keep track of. And and first thing I want to jump in on and talk about was uh, Jasper traveled down to Hampshire Finette, and uh, Hampshire Finette able to pull out the win there, thirty-one twenty-eight, and uh, kind of a was an overtime. No, straight up. I was thinking one of the ones I saw was overtime this Yeah, week. no, they, they didn't go into overtime. Uh, Hampshire Finette able to pull that win out. So, uh, big win for number seven, Hampshire Finette. And I haven't looked at the state rankings uh, as of yet to uh, see where they progressed up to. But uh, I can pull them up real quick in the 4A Division One. Down to the final seconds, though. Yes, it it was. Uh, So, if you go back and you look now, uh, I'm looking at Division One, not Division Two. Livingston's Division Two. 
So you go down and you look at those state rankings. Hampshire Finette, they're still sitting at idle at seven. Carthage in the one seed. Silsby two. Uh, Texarkana, Pleasant Grove in the three. Quero in the four. Wimberley five. Belleville six. Hampshire Finette seven. Grams eight. Gilmer nine. And Monahans is number ten. Livingston's Division One. Yes, they are Division One, and if you look over there, you got Chapel Hill leading that one. Bernie in two, Selena in three. Number four is Anna. Number five, China Springs. Number six, Kilgore. Number seven, Iowa Colony. Number eight, Stephenville. Number nine, El Campo, and then ten is Brownwood wrapping that up there in the four A Division One standing. So, uh, you brought Livingston up. You know. Chapel Hills in that uh, District Nine Four A, right? Which mm-hmm. is which is y'all's by district. Yeah. Out of District Ten, there that the Livingston Lions are in. So, if you go in at the four seed, you're going to be looking at Tyler Chapel Hill. Most likely. First um, first playoff game in Week Eleven. Of course, they've got to get through a, a really tough district over there, and it's um, it's always a very high scoring district. Uh, seems like there's a lot of fifties to forties type games and you get into those types of numbers uh it's very difficult to go undefeated but chapel hill is very very capable of that and it would only make sense if if livingston played chapel hill this year right i mean we, they've, they've done it for the last three years right we and you and i did the game at a martin last year mm-hmm. uh that game there but you look at that district out of district nine four a division one you got kilgore lindale they're both two and oh got uh athens at one and one Tyler Chapel Hills 1 and 0. They had a bye week last week. Mm-hmm. They got Jacksonville this week. Henderson is 0 and 1. Jacksonville 0 and 2. Going to be 0 and 3 after this week. And then Palestine is 0 and 2. So uh, you look at the matchups coming into week seven. West uh, Palestine's on a bye week. Jacksonville has Chapel Hill. Henderson has Athens. Uh, so Kilgore has Lindale. Yeah, and you you pointed out the the Palestine record. Uh, that's the one school that Livingston has played this year that does not have a winning record. They've the the five teams that they've played. They're twenty one and four, and Palestine has three of those losses. And that was a game I, I really felt like Livingston just kind of gave up in the second half for whatever reason. Uh, they were down fourteen to seven, come out of that half and give up a touchdown on the first play of the second half and. The air went out of the balloon, and so did all the effort. Um, but other than that, Livingston has played a ridiculously tough schedule. Uh, that includes uh, Spring Legacy, who just defeated uh, Hampshire Finette this past week. No, Our Little Cypress. Little, yeah, Little Cypress. And um, an Episcopal team that actually beat Spring Legacy by yep. about 50 points. So, so it's uh it's a very loaded schedule that they played, even though they are zero and five. I feel like they are in a good position because you've got the week off to kind of put it in your rearview mirror and come out against a team that it is zero and five. It's zero and five, and also is having their struggles. Uh, not only are they giving up a ton of points, they scored fifty five points on the year. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched games this year where many people have surpassed that in one game. Right. And we're talking about a Huffman team that, you know, is used to winning districts. They're used to putting up 55 in a game. I mean, that's that's not a big deal for them. 
and they've done that over a, a five-game stretch here. Well, and we're going to talk about that Livingston-Huffman matchup here a little bit later on because that game is in our pick-ems. Got, got two games in our pick-ems this week where both teams are winless going into this week. So one of the two uh, is going to get their first win and maybe their only win of the season, right, as they go into that. So uh, the other game that we're going to talk about is is uh, Crockett going on the road – or, excuse me, Crockett opening up the house for Huntington, who's coming off a bye week coming to them. So uh, going to be interesting there. So we'll get to be able to see uh, who comes out winless. And it's – since we're on it and we're talking about it, uh, I've seen an interesting thing – Teams that are winless, uh, excuse me, teams that are winless going into week seven matchups where both teams are winless. You got Memphis 0 4 and Quan 0 5, Clarksville 0 4, Linden Kildare 0 5, Huffman and at Livingston, both teams 0 5, San Antonio Edison 0 5 against San Antonio Breckenridge, Richmond Foster uh, at Fort Bend Kempner, both teams 0-5. Carlton Creekview 0-6, Frisco Independence 0-5. Irving Nimitz 0-6 at Irving, who is 0-5. Huntington at Crockett. Liberty at Harden-Jefferson. Liberty's 0-6, Harden-Jefferson 0-5. And then San Antonio Marshall 0-5 against San Antonio Lee 0-6. Those are all the teams that are winless that are facing off against each other this week. Now, on the other side of it, teams that are undefeated that are playing each other. Game that's going to be in our pickums: Summer Creek at North Shore. Bells at Gunner. Aquila at Abbott. Richland Springs at Cherokee. South Lake Carroll at Keller. Hondo at Duranton. And Clyde at Vernon. All of those teams are undefeated going into week seven. So one of those teams out of each of those games are going to come out with a loss, their first loss of the season. So a lot of good useless information to throw out there here (laughs) in week seven. So uh, this last week, Cold Spring Trojans uh, hosted Crockett at the house. Uh, Really good game for the Trojans, uh, dominant fashion. as expected with Crockett, who was winless coming into that, 50-10 to 10 was the final. Uh, Tiger Parker had 225 yards total, yards rushing, uh, like 17.6 yards per carry, four touchdowns. And that was through three quarters. Uh, didn't touch the ball at all in the fourth quarter. It was all underclassmen. Did they run the clock? No did not run the clock in the second half, and I really thought they were going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But Crockett scored late in the second, which kept that game kind of, if you will, somewhat close. Yeah. Uh, Cold Spring got the ball to start the second half. They kick off to uh, the Trojans. One play later, 65 yards, Tiger Parker scores. Cold Spring comes back out with an onside kick. The onside kick um, – we recovered, turned around and scored again, kind of a little slap in the face right there to Crockett, and then we were able to uh, 
manage the clock in the game from there on out. So the stats are as follows. 420 team yards, 371 rushing, 49 passing. Tiger Parker had 225 yards, 19 carries, three touchdowns, 11.8 yards per carry. K.J. Harden, 92 yards on 13 carries, 103 yards. Cookie McGowan, 23 yards on five carries, a touchdown. Uh, David Rowe went three for six passing for 49 yards, and Luke Monroe had two catches for 46 yards. So kind of give you a quick rundown on the stats for your Cold Spring Trojans this last week. Cold Spring coming into the heart of their schedule, what we've talked about for some time. Uh, they got Woodville this week, then they got Palestine Westwood at home, then Dieball. So uh, talking about Westwood and Dieball, they met up this last week. It was 7-3 to three until the fourth quarter, and, and uh, Westwood had three turnovers in the game. And with those three deep in die ball territory, those turnovers were. Uh, die ball was able to squeak one in with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. 14-3 was the final there. Die ball defeated Westwood. Uh, another game in the district is Woodville at Shepherds. Woodville wins that one 42-14. If you go to the by-district side of that, District 10-3A, uh, some really good games went on over there. Tarkington, in a final seconds drive in the fourth quarter, they were down uh, by six, was able to punch it in, gets the win 27-26 over Hard. Never a doubt. And I, I'm telling you, and, and what what Harden ended up doing to, to be able to – so it was – it was 14 nothing with about four minutes left in the first half. And uh, running back for Tarkington breaks one free, and the official blows an inadvertent whistle. Blows it dead. Everybody stops. They bring it back. Harden ends up forcing them to turn the ball over. Harden scores, does a little pooch kick, recovers the pooch kick, and scores again to make it a tight ball game, 14 each going into the half, <laughs> right? So from there, they go into the second half, and uh, Harden's got kind of got the momentum going their way and uh, able to stretch it out and have a lead going into the fourth quarter, and, and Tarkington's playing from behind. They said the officials were absolutely horrible out there. I wasn't there to watch it, so I can't speak on it. If you go to our podcast, we talked about some of that in length uh, about Tasso officials. If you go to the 590 Sports Show, uh, actually we talked a lot about Tasso officials in the second uh, the second segment with the shortage of uh, officials for these football games. And it's not just football. No, it's volleyball, basketball, baseball, all the way across the board. There, there's a shortage of officials. It's a thankless job, and in a lot of cases it's become a very bad job to have because there's a lot of classless people whenever you do make a wrong call or a call that somebody doesn't like you've got people that'll follow you up in the parking lot now it's um it's it's not the most fun job no and people have taken it to an extreme it's it's high school sports man you know what and we're going to talk a little bit more when we come back about some tasso about officials in 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 a controversial call or what happened in the whitney game uh this last week i don't know if y'all have seen that but 
Uh, what's not controversial is uh, the food here at Bullet Grill House. Yeah, we just had some. Uh, we we had the, the fried green beans with jalapeno ranch. And Extended our appetizer tour. The appetizer yeah, we did. Uh, we, we've almost completed the page. Um, we can just about call bingo on, on the appetizer list, but uh, another winner because it went in probably, what, five minutes, and it was just the yeah. two of us eating it. So. Yeah. That's a classic. We've had those, I think, since almost since we opened. The green beans, it's hard to get away from that one. It's a Dude, they're good. They're light. You know what I mean? They, and with the jalapeno ranch, it gives you just that little bit of spice to make you want to dig in and grab another one. Uh, and you can always get our regular homemade buttermilk ranch. But I, yeah. think, I think it pairs a lot better with the jalapeno ranch. It does. I agree with you. I agree with you. So y'all get out here to 401 Highway 156 in Point Blank, Texas. Visit the great folks out here at Bullet Girl House. We're going to take a break. We come back, segment two, right after this. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Do you have a dream of sitting around and talking about whatever's on your mind? Well, we're here to make that a reality here at Texas Podcast Media. We here are we are here to make your dream a reality. Come in, set up in our studio. We record, we edit, we do all the work, and we upload it to all the feeds. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, we do it all. Let us be your home for your podcasting. For more information, email us at info at texaspodcastmedia.com. Welcome back to the Bullet Grill House High School Sports Pregame Show. Craig Irwin, Chris Moran, Brian Besh sitting in with us. And uh, the world-renowned Brian Besh. Oof, I don't know about that. And be sure to tune in Saturday morning for the College Game Day show. Chris and Brian do a great College Game Day show uh, right here at Bullet Grill House. We record it right behind the high school sports pregame show and uh, do a great job. Comes on here at 102.3 The Eagle at 8 a.m. every Saturday morning. Get your fix and professional picks on college football. We, we definitely had a, a good week of college football this past weekend, and there's another good weekend. There's a lot of marquee-type games coming up on Saturday. So but we're going to be a little distracted because we, we got the Astros playing yeah. Saturday and Sunday. So There's, there's going to be a few TVs out. I mean, you better have a few TVs, and if you don't, get the Bullet Grill House, right? Chris, I, I heard – Chris, you need to break out the old console and set them up. And I think you need a couple extra for this weekend. I tell you, Sunday was a was a wild day here when you got the you got the Texans pulling off the W early, mm-hmm. and then we had both TV or two TVs on, one on the Astro game and one on the Ranger game. And boy, we had a rowdy crowd in here uh, cheering for both those. Uh, you allow Ranger fans? Against, well, they weren't cheering for the Rangers, right? Okay. Everybody won the Ranger loss. So that, and they got uh, what they wanted. They got. Uh, how in the world, I mean, you think, uh, how in the world the Astros get that lucky to pull it out? You know, they've had every opportunity to be in the driver's seat and, and didn't take advantage of it. And, and 
put it in the Rangers' lap, and the Rangers served it up for them. Yeah. You know. Three uh, of the five teams in the West out there had a chance to be in the driver's seat, and nobody wanted it. So No, so Astros, it's, you know, we'll it's one of those things where, you know, you used to say it about the Yankees or the Braves where, oh, they're just so lucky because they get this or they get that. Well, it's finally happened to the Astros. Turns out if you win enough games, you get considered lucky every once in a while. And, you know, and the crazy thing was I read something. The Astros had a better record on the road. Mm-hmm. They had a uh, actual a losing record at home, and yeah. I guess when you take the trash cans away, that makes a difference. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I say that all f- pun intended, right? But I, probably I more the they, cameras. Than I think it was they beat the they beat cans. good teams out of them. Like they beat Atlanta and Atlanta. They beat Baltimore and Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, that was they, the thing. Like they would they would lose two out of three to Kansas City, or you know they would they would lose a couple of games to the Angels or, or something like that where they shouldn't. And then you know they'll they'll go beat Atlanta or they'll go beat uh, who was it Texas and a couple of weekends ago. And you know it, it's it's just them doing things that the opposite way that you would think and. It's almost like they, they recalibrate it every once in a while. And, okay, we need to get it together here. Right. Worked out for them. Man, rolling in to some more high school football, just running down some scores from last week. As, as we're a little light this week in the pregame show, Livingston didn't play last week. Had their, had their bye week. Cold yeah. Spring, we talked about them in the, in the first segment. Wasn't really a whole bunch to say on that game against Crockett. Uh, Crockett's got a lot of potential. Got a big game this week against Huntington at home, uh, have an opportunity to get their first win in the season. So we'll look forward to that. But if you go down and you look at some of the scores, um, Houston Legacy, uh, Legacy beat Little Cypress Maurice Field 34-33 last week. And uh, that game, Little Cypress Maurice Field, they got Viter this week. Going to be an interesting game for both of them, and those are district games that you're going to be looking at mm-hmm. out of District 10 4A Division Two. Uh, Brenham falls to Richmond Randall 52-28 this last week. Barbers Hill put 70 up on Goose Creek Memorial. I read an article, and I don't have it have the exact score, but I know what it was. Willis sets an all-time school record this last week. Now, it was against Cleveland. <laughs> but the old record was 73 and uh, Willis put 75 up on Cleveland. 75-14 was the final set of Probably new school still record. had to take starters out of the game. They played second and third string in the fourth quarter, and that's when Cleveland scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that, that was a big game. Another big game, uh, a big storyline, right, for Willis setting a school record. And, unfortunately, it was at the expense of a, of a very rough Cleveland team. But uh, one of the big games that you'll think is very interesting is Columbus. Number two, Columbus defeated Madisonville. 49-21 was the final there. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, Madisonville drops out of the top ten of that 4A as they spent two weeks there. Which doesn't make sense because if you lose a game to the number two team, then – But you're dropping a classification. Yeah. And and that's what – I'm sure that's what the uh, computer looks at, right? Is, and I'm talking about a Columbus team that that's going to end up looking at, could possibly end up looking at a Franklin team in the second or third round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But uh, you're talking about a Columbus team that that possibly could beat a good Frank, uh, number one ranked Franklin team out sure. of three A Division One. Sure, and uh, you know we talk about 
Franklin every year, and it seems as though every year they end up in Arlington. But I would imagine there's a, a few schools around the state that are getting tired of them getting all the, the wins and leaving them behind in, in the playoffs. So. But, you know, it's about the repetition and what they have over there in that program. I mean, uh, state-of-the-art facilities, right, mm-hmm. for a small 3A school, uh, state-of-the-art facilities that they have just really, really look really nice. You know, it's much like Carthage has nowadays. And uh, we don't talk about Carthage enough at the 4A Division II level. But, uh, you know, they're just really good. And speaking of Franklin, they beat Rockdale in a division game 25-15 last week was the final there. Uh, A little closer into where we all are, New Waverly defeats Warren 48-26. And if you go back and you listen to one of my podcasts, we – we predicted that district, right? And we had Coons and Warren in the 3-4 spot, right? Didn't see New Waverly slipping in there. And with New Waverly defeating Warren, now you got New Waverly battling in there for uh, one of those playoff contentions. And we'll talk about that district as we progress on and get closer into week 10 and the way that that's going to play out, right? As uh, 3A Division two, out of that district, you have – uh, Anderson, Shiro, you got Newton, Warren, Koontz, New Waverly, um, Hemp Hill, and I believe San Augustine is in that district as well. So it's the old Corgan Camden district. It is, and Corgan Camden drops to Division Two. Corgan coming off a buy last that had a buy this last week. Uh, hadn't had a chance to really visit with Coach Ratliff, and and that's nobody's fault but my own. With uh, as busy as what I've been. But still in that district, Newton defeated Anderson Shiro 53-8 to yeah. out of uh, that 3A Division II district. Newton doing Newton things. Yeah, and they're going to continue to do Newton things. Uh, another team that had a bye has got a big game this week is uh, New Caney. We talked about them a little bit last week. They got Conroe. Uh, looking like that they've uh, let their chances go of making the playoffs. But uh, anything could happen, right? is, you know, one team, Oak Ridge could lose a game, mm-hmm. whatever may happen. In, in Better the district. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, one of the things, so did you, have you seen the play from the Whitney game last week where it appears the official pulls a helmet off of a Whitney football player during a play? You have not seen that? I have not seen that. You have not been on social media, have you? I have not. I do my best to avoid Well, those media. of y'all that are listening, go to 590 in high school, 590 in sports on Facebook and scroll down there, and I got it posted. So what happens is last week in the Whitney game, linebacker is dropping back into coverage, right, trying to read the play. The referee standing there, or the official standing there, kind of hand checks him, right? Like, hey, you're fixing to run into me. The kid moves to his left, then turns right. Well, as he turns right, he kind of runs into the official, and the official's hands come up, right, in a, like a defensive mode, and grabs his kid's helmet. Well, it, it looks by the perception of video, right, that – the official grabs the helmet and rips it off the it's kid. Like every other kid doesn't have his helmet fastened on very good. Right. So, and it's, you're in the third quarter. Everybody's hot and sweaty. With that being said, so the official ejects the kid, right? <laughs> Tosses him. 
and I'm sure it had to do with what the kid had to say to the official, right? So in my so this was a big deal. It was all it was all over social media. I seen it Friday night on uh, whenever I got home. I was laying in bed trying to wind down it, and uh, it popped up on my newsfeed. So I watched it three or four times, and then I said, you know what, I'm tired. I, I'll wait and look at it again tomorrow. So I looked at it Saturday, and really watched it. I don't know a thousand times, and uh, so it looks like the you know the perception of the video is that he just grabbed the helmet and pulled it off the kid. Well, the kid's pulling away from the official. The official's trying to pull away from the kid, but it looks like the official's thumb is hung Mm. in the crossbar of the helmet, right? And it comes off, and then the official brings his hands together, grabs the helmet, and then pulls his flag, pulls it out of his right hand, and then pulls a flag. But it's a pretty interesting deal. So y'all know the the UIL rules. You get ejected from a game – you got to sit out the remainder of that game, and basically it's a full game. But they they look at the game, the time that you've already set out as part of that full game. Well, Monday UIL met and and overturned the ejection, right? And the kid's going to be able to play this week. And uh, Whitney went on to win the game, fifty-eight twenty-five. I think was the final. Is huge, huge win for them, and, and they're going to roll through. And that's their three A Division one. Going to make the playoffs. Going to make a big run. But it, it was an interesting call. But it, it just brought up a bunch of bunch of controversy about Tasso officials. And as we left out of that last segment, we were talking about them. But even at the football level, you have your. 11-man crew, right, that goes and works the big 6A and the big 5A games, right? So when you get down to the 4A, 3A level, you have what should be seven-man crews. Well, most of them show up five-man crews, and then they'll send some floaters that are just calling JV ball and fill in, right, to be able to have a complete crew in these high school football games. And it just – it makes it really hard, and it's a lost art. And, and like you alluded to in the last segment, Brian, it's a lot of it has to do with you giving us a high five or five minutes left. But it, it does. It has to do with parents in the stands, right, mm-hmm. and, and the way they act. I umpire a lot of youth baseball and softball, and, and I deal with the same struggle with getting umpires there as well. But it's because of the fans in the stands. It has nothing to do – with the coaching and two it has to do with the with a lot of the athletes right they everybody's freedom they have run free with their freedom right and i can (laughs) say what i want to say freedom of speech and i don't have to listen to you yada 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 and and that deters a lot of people right from wanting to do it and the officials that you are getting are Older, older guys that are retired from their regular, from their career, right, and just looking for something to do to stay active nowadays at the Tasso level, right? At the youth level, I, I, I try to find young guys, right, to bring them in and get them started and start them at a young age, teach them some sort of a craft at, at umpiring baseball or softball and, and progress them on, right, to – maybe one day call high school football or baseball or whatever it may be. But, uh, you know, when you got parents in the stands and, and I just laugh because 90% of them have never opened a rule book 
and even know what the rules are, but yet they're going to tell you that you're doing a bad job and you don't know the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's an age-old problem, uh, and, it, and it's only getting worse. Well, that's that's the thing. It's, it's been there forever, but it's it's worse now, and it's it's out of hand. And they've, they've done a lot to curb a lot of that. Uh, I know this past year uh, UIL passed a rule, uh, any kind of cursing or anything like that is an automatic ejection, and I, I believe a suspension comes with that. And I believe there's something to where uh, there's, there's more of a clamp on um, folks in the stands now whenever they get out of hand. And there needs to be, right? It does. And I haven't seen it at and the it's football. Sad. It's sad that it's come to that, that you need that. But it really is. You do need it. And, and, you know, and here's the deal is is now you got cops in the schools, right? Mm-hmm. And and these fans holler obscenities and everything else. Well, well, now it's like it's went from just getting tossed out of the gym or, or the stadium to where you could possibly catch criminal charges on this stuff. So just how free do you want to be, right? <laughs> You know, so just sitting on both sides of the fence. But uh, I tell you what's not free but it's worth coming to is uh, the food here at Bullet Grill House. Chris, y'all got a action-packed lineup every week yeah. here at Bullet Grill. Yeah, you know, tonight if you're not going to the game, we've got uh, Jesse Roach and Montana Nagy are playing uh, some music Friday night here. Uh, you know, we it's Wednesday night, so we just now watched the Minnesota Twins and Carlos Correa clinch that series so we don't know what time yet on saturday but we are going to have houston astro baseball with carlos correa back in town for uh looks like a saturday sunday game i think is what the the first two are going to be in houston uh so that should be a good matchup and then of course we're going to talk college football uh on our saturday morning pregame show so you can get the lineup for saturday and then we've got nfl sunday tickets so we'll squeeze in a few nfl games on sunday man look at texans two and two I, you know, we talk. I'm not an Ohio State fan. I, I was a Debbie Downer on C.J. Stroud. I said he's never going to make. He's never going to be a quarterback. He's he's winning me over. The kid's protecting the ball. He's being suddenly the Texans are worth watching. Yeah, no, and and uh, man, he's a, he's exciting to watch. But he doesn't play real fancy ball. He's not he's not throwing it all over. He's not being reckless. He's very conservative. He's his offensive line's horrible, and he's still. Getting it out fast when he needs to get out fast, scrambling a little bit, give him time. Very mature for uh, for uh, for what I expected out of him. So, so with that, I was listening to a program this week on the way to work, on the way home, whatever. And uh, the Texans have they're playing their whole division in the next three weeks, right? They they've already they had a division game this last week, and then they go on the road, but. This whole they're playing. It's the first time in NFL history the Texans are playing their entire division back to back to back to back. It's never happened in NFL history for any team. You normally have a break in between division games, and uh, the Texans in the next what four weeks are playing every team in their division. So and, and every team in that division is two and two. So you've got a chance. You got a chance this week to. Well, you're, I guess you're tied for number one, but you could break out with break a win out, yes. and, and, and be ahead of the division. And, and nobody nobody predicted that going well, into the season. Come out here to Bullet Grill House, 401 Highway 156 in Point Blank, Texas. Watch your Houston Texans. Come out here on Saturday and watch college football and your Houston Astros. You're listening to 102.3 The Eagle and AM 1440 The Score. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. 
Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Welcome back to the Bullet Girl House High School Sports Pregame Show. Craig Irwin, Brian Besh, Chris Moran. And, you know, guys, I feel bad because we've been leaving oh, Ken Luck out. He, he's been he's been engineering this deal. And uh, need to throw him out. He's got some new swag on. Got a new 102.3 The Eagle hat. A new, the, I, it's the first time I've seen it. Got some new koozies that he's brought here at Bullet Girl House. So, uh, you need to come check them out. Super nice. And... Uh, you know, if you take it home, we know where it came from. That's for sure. Ken, Ken's all about accountability, and uh, he put some accountability on these koozies. So uh, y'all get out here to Bullet Grill House and uh, see if you can't slip out of here with one or two, depending on what happens. So, uh, But everybody's favorite segment, getting into week seven of the pickums, And, uh, you know, I go back and I look at last week's pickums. And uh, Kirbyville, we didn't even talk about this game. Shut Buna out forty to nothing. Ugly this last week. And uh, Brian and Chris both went with Buna last the, the, week. This is the one where he gave us wrong information on injuries. Yeah. Oh, which threw me yes, off. and Roy let me know on my Facebook page. I saw that. I saw that comment that yes, you were wrong. So I didn't have to go back and fact check it myself. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm, I'm, I, that I get an asterisk next <laughs> to that loss because <laughs> I was given, I was given wrong intel. We're going to throw the asterisk out there. <laughs> um, the Jasper Hampshire Finette game. All three of us went Hampshire Finette, and uh, we we picked that one perfect. Tarkington and Harden. Boy, we, we, we thought we were going to look stupid in that one, but Tarkington pulls it out. Uh, I picked Westwood in the Westwood die ball game, and it went down, you know, to the wire. Die ball gets the win. So, uh, Brian and Chris got that Dang one right. Die ball. And across the board, we picked Orangefield to beat Anahuac. And my buddy Trent over there at Anahuac Sports Live, dude, you got to go listen to the podcast because he, he uh, it was funny. We Toby and I gave him pure – Heck, because I don't know if I can say the other word on the radio. But we gave him pure heck uh, this last week on the 590 Sports Show about that orangefield Anahuac game. But uh, Orangefield got the win there, and we, we talked about that earlier on tonight. But that moves us into the Week 7 pickups. Mm. First two games we're going to talk about, teams are winless, both of them. Brian, I already know where you're going. Chris, I think I know where you're going, and I'm pretty sure that I know where I'm going. You're going to sweep the board? We're going to sweep the board right here, and I think we're all going to go with the home team in this one. Huffman on the road at Livingston. Brian, let's talk about it. Okay. Tell me your thoughts. Well, um, I'm kind of interested to see 
what Livingston's going to look like this week. I know that they've used the off week to do a lot of seven-on-seven type stuff. Uh, I know that all of that Huffman does is the seven-on-seven stuff, so there's no big mystery there. Uh, just talking to Coach Vanover on Monday, he was concerned more so about what they would show on defense. Uh, they, they've shown a, a four-man front for most of the year, but everybody that faces Livingston likes to stack the box and, and throw a lot of people in the line of scrimmage or at least on those first two layers and stop the run. And, and you absolutely should if you're, if you're playing Livingston. They've thrown for maybe 150 yards this year, so there's, there's no real danger there. Uh, I would expect the same thing this week, that, that Huffman's going to put nine, ten people in the box and, and try to stop the run. But Livingston has worked this past week with both quarterbacks. They have two quarterbacks. They've tried a few different folks out at receiver that uh, haven't, haven't been in the rotation to this point in time, but you're kind of in at the point where these games start to count. And, yep. you know, if, if you are dog-tired on defense, well, we need you on offense too. It, it doesn't doesn't really matter how tired you are anymore. We're, we need some some production out there. So, uh, coach was really really high on the tight ends that he has. He's got three kids that very much look the part. They haven't played the part to this point in time. Uh, they've got very very little production out of that position, other than um, basically blocking for for some running backs that are. There's three of them, uh, two running backs and a quarterback that are top ten in the district in, in rushing yards. But they're looking for ways to get the ball to other people to get basically loosen up that, that line and, and uh, take those linebackers off the line of scrimmage and, uh, you know, open it up. Basically, it's it's passing to open up the run. It's it's kind of the opposite of, of what you see uh, other yeah, teams Yeah, normally do. you see the run sure. to open up the pass. Yeah. But uh, everybody knows what Livingston's got, and, and you know whenever whenever everything's against them and what they're going to do because that's that's absolutely what they're comfortable with. It's it's kind of like Bider. I mean, you, you know what you're going to get, but it doesn't stop them either. Livingston's been very successful running the ball. They're averaging over 200 yards a game. They've got a couple of games where they've, you know, topped 300 yards for rushing on the night, and this past week was one of them, and a losing or two weeks ago was – one of them in a losing effort. I mean, you get blown out by four or five touchdowns and you still rush for 300 yards. So, that being said, um, Huffman has not been able to stop the run this year. They're dead last in offense. They, Like I said, they've scored 55 points for the season. And they, if you can't score points, you can't win the game, basically. Uh, right. The one thing they do well is they throw the ball. They've got a they've got a couple of quarterbacks that they put in. Uh, the sophomore has performed a little bit better this year. He's got a 60 percent completion percentage. Uh, the the juniors got a forty percent completion percentage, and they've got four receivers that have double digit catches on the year, and they've got a running back that averages five yards a carry. So it's not awful. They're just not putting points on the board. Um. That's a long way of saying that I'm, I'm picking Livingston in this game. Uh, it's like I said before, Livingston has played five teams with a combined record of 21-4, and four, so that makes the 0-5 look a little bit better. I'm sure they don't doesn't make them feel better. 
No, not but at just all. in talking to a, a few of the players this past week and, and some of the coaches, they're not down. I mean, like they know none of those games are going to count toward what they're working toward, which is a, a playoff spot. The games start this week. I mean, the, the time is, is kind of now for Livingston, and it doesn't really matter what they did in non-district if you got a good showing in district. So, Well, and, and, and we've said that. We've talked about it all, all year long is, you know, those non-district games – build you up for that district right yeah. and, and those games at the end of the day they don't mean anything now you're at the second half of your schedule or the second half of your season and this is when it matters right and, and the 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 magic number is two mm-hmm. right winning two football games in district to be able to make the playoffs so not only am i going to pick livingston but i'm going to go out on a limb here and say that take out all their frustrations and win by four touchdowns I'm going to make note of this. They're going to win big. Did Huffman play last week or they have a bye? No, they everybody had a, had a bye out of this district. Everybody, everybody except for LCM. Except for LCM, and they picked an extra game up. So, Chris. I got it. How can you go against all that that whole spiel? Like, he sold me. <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm buying a used car now, too. Dude, I, I got, got some s- good rates for you. <laughs> uh, you know. I got a, I got a story for nice y'all. Nice interest about, rates. <laughs> I got a story for y'all about used cars, and uh, I'm I'm going to go the same way. Uh, I think this game being at home uh, is going to be a factor in it. Is as well as Huffman just has not been that good. They have not been that Huffman football team that we have. That you're used no, to. Yeah, that we're used to seeing. And I think the growth of uh, Crosby, all of them, all of those schools down there have grown. Huffman's grown. Crosby's grown. Barber's Hill. You know, everybody has grown. And, and, and they're getting so much bigger. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think it's just there's a spread, obviously, from Houston. And it goes out to the suburbs. And it's, it's coming, you know, our way as well. Yep. Next game. Before I get into my used cars pitch here in a little bit, Huntington on the road at Crockett, Monty Jack Driscoll Stadium. I talk about this stadium a lot. I love the stadium. I love going there and doing a game. I mean, you got to walk 942 stairs to get up to the press box, but there's just something about that stadium that I love doing a game in. And uh, Huntington going to be on the road. I'll get started on this one as. Uh, I've watched both of these teams now play. Uh, I feel like Crockett is more athletic than what Huntington is, uh, not taking anything away from Huntington. But uh, Cold Spring shut Huntington out. They let Crockett put 10 points up. you got to go take that into consideration. Both teams are winless, and they're both hungry. If Huntington can't win this game, they'll be winless this year. I'm going with Crockett. I feel like whenever you're in a situation like this, home field advantage probably means a lot more than it would on any other game. Um, you've got two schools that are down, um, you know, and you don't you don't know what each of them's attitude is about, about the game or how interested they are in football after an 0-5 start. But I I would always kind of lean toward the home team in this type of situation, and I'm gonna do the same here. Yeah, we're gonna sweep the board. I I can't go against Crockett at home. And, and, you know, really, uh, you can't pick, in, in my opinion, 
you can't pick any other way whenever whenever you look at it and you look at the stats if you go back that far and look other than just scoreboard watching yeah if you would have asked us this question five years ago i I mean how crazy is it that we're talking about you know this is a this is a question whether crockett's going to beat huntington or not right no you're exactly right i mean five years ago you would have thought crockett's going to blow them out of the water sure so Wednesday, my anniversary, right? Me and the wife, I took the day off, spent the day with the wife because I knew I was going to be here tonight, and I knew that wasn't going to fly, right? Me get home from work and uh, come here. So, anyway, we we got to talking about vehicles and, and uh, me buying another truck and, and, and what have you. So, we went over to a car dealership. I'm not going to say the name of the dealership. Yeah, Until they sponsor us. They do sponsor us. So... <laughs> I went over to the dealership, and, and I've been seeing this truck on Facebook pop up, and it really caught my eye. And uh, I've been looking at it for a couple of weeks. So we get over there, and we look at it. I pull up, and it's kind of a light drizzle today. And I, I something caught my eye when I pulled up there. Anyway, I put get out, and I look, and I crawl down on my hands and knees, and I'm looking underneath this truck. Salesman walks out. Like, I mean, I'm not there – 45 seconds, right? Salesman's like, hey, man, what are you looking at under there? I said, I'm looking under this truck. He goes, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I'm looking to see how used and abused it is. You know, it's a 60,000-mile truck, whatever. And I said, so uh, I'm just kind of curious. And he goes, well, what are you looking at under there? I said, well, right now, I said, if you really want to know, I said, I'm looking at all the mud that's caked up underneath it. And he said, do what? I said, well, come on down here and take a look. So he squats down with me and looks up underneath that truck. And I said, you see that? I said, that's mud up on the frame. And he goes, yeah, I see that. I said, if I was you, I'd go talk to your manager and have y'all pull that thing to the back, get somebody underneath and pressure wash it, because if not, you're never going to sell this sap sucker. And he goes... Well, you know, what What if they work all, you know, in the woods or whatever and just driving back and forth? I said, other than this week, it hasn't rained in three months. <laughs> I said, that's been there a while. I said, y'all need to clean it. So, anyway, funny story about a car salesman and, uh, as we were talking about. It. Next game on the list is Corgan on the road at Normandy. Chris, you, you got to start this one. At where? At Normandy. Corgan. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs, yeah. just up the road, 59. Yeah, they're the more local team. i got to stay with them. You're, Chris is going to be right, and I feel like he's going to be right by about 30 points. Uh, well, you're calling for another big blowout. I am. It's time that Polk County starts winning, and it happens this week. Well, it's going to be a trifecta once again, and we've, we've all picked the same way as we've progressed on is, uh, through the pickums is because uh, I'm going to pick Corgan as well. I felt like that the game against Cold Spring was a wake-up call for for the Bulldogs. Uh, they was able to put 27 points on the board. They had a bye week last week. Uh, I, I think that was what they needed. And then getting a little bit of a break, now they're going into district play, and they're gonna they're gonna be a vengeance. Talking and, to Coach Ratliff a couple of weeks ago, I I told him I said as soon as you guys put up twenty seven, I'm I'm just able to scoreboard watch, and I talk to him every once in a while when I go out to Corgan. But uh, 
putting up 27 against Cold Spring, I, I knew you guys were going to be okay because the season didn't start off the way they wanted. They were 0-4. But he said that's kind of whenever things started to turn around, and he said he felt like the guys, you know, kind of felt more at ease, and, and it wasn't just a, a, a nervous thing where they were real tense and tight. They are able to go out uh, last week, two weeks ago now, and uh, beat Hempstead 20-18 yep. and got the, got the first win of the year, so – I think uh, this game against Norman G. Norman G is going to finish probably next to last or last place in this district, if if I'm right. Um, and they've they've had their problems scoring points this year as well. Yeah. I think they've they've scored like uh, just a couple of touchdowns this year, to be honest. And uh, I, I think this is a, a good week for Corgan to start into district play, and I think they're going to start in a big way. Let the momentum carry them into so. Next game, and I think this is where we're going to end up getting some division. Kirbyville on the road, 5-1 and one against Anawak. Anawak suffering a loss last week to Orangefield. The game is in Anawak. Brian, I got you starting this one off. Okay. I will go Kirbyville because they had such a good showing against Buna. And I feel good about it. Chris, I'm gonna sweep this week, guys. It's five and you're 0. sweeping, huh? Oh yeah, you, you, you broke the broom out. Yeah, uh, just wait. You know, I'm gonna go with Anoak. I think they're uh, they're going home. I think Kirbyville's. I think we overestimated Buna and Anoak coming off a loss. They're gonna be hungry to uh, avenge their loss to Orangefield. And it was a tight game. It was a seven-point game against Orangefield this last week. Uh, Kirbyville's got a linebacker that's just a little man-child putting up some – the the team as a whole is putting up some monster numbers. I'm going to have to stay with Kirbyville in this one and uh, probably going to lose some followers over there in Anahuac, but it's okay. They'll come back once they see that I'm right. Uh, So it's going to be very interesting. Next game, I'll start it off is Orangefield on the road at Tarkington. Now, my little oh, man. my little insider says that he feels like that Tarkington can shut the rundown of Orangefield. Mm. Orangefield's win last week uh, over Anahuac made Coach Smiley the winningest coach in Orangefield history. I think they're going to ride that on their coattail going into the Prairie, who struggled against a very bad Harden team, I'm going with Orangefield. Oof. I've told myself that I wasn't going to pick against Tarkington, but I'm going to do it again. Um, Orangefield is always a tough team to beat. Uh, slot T over there, big kids. Uh, it's, um, it's a different animal playing Orangefield. It really is. It, whether you're playing at their house or at your house. Yeah. It, it's a different world. And they're going to ground and pound, and they're going to wear your defense down. They're going to eat a lot of clock. I'm sorry, Tarkington. I'm going I'm going Orangefield here. Brian says, after after me offering buying, buying him a Longhorn shirt, he said, <laughs> I got to go against him. <laughs> I tell you what, if they win this week, I'm never picking against them. Chris? I, I got to go. I got to stay with Tarkington. I think, uh, you know, I think they, like you said, there were some – that game against Harden, they uh, they had a little bit some mishaps. I think they're going to be uh, not make those mistakes and uh, take care of Orangefield pretty handily. Last game, I threw an extra one in there. I had to. Both of these teams undefeated going into this game. Humble Summer Creek at North Shore. Chris, 
Got to stay with North Shore. I don't know how you get. North Shore at home. That's that's a tough. That's a tough battle. I'm I'm not going to go against North Shore, probably ever. But um, so that's my pick. I'm going to go North Shore this week. I think it's going to be a one-score game. But I think when North Shore faces the Tascacita, it's going to go the other way. It's possible. So I'm going to go with North Shore as well, and uh, that's your pickums for Week Seven here on the Bullet Grill House High School Sports Pregame Show. A lot of Sweet. fun, dude. Like the only, the only deviation that we had, two deviations, was out of District 10 3A. That was the Kirbyville Anawak game and the Orangeville Tarkington game. I didn't even throw. Let's throw one more. We ain't talked about it. Cold Spring on the road at Woodville. Whew. It's a little bit tougher. Um, Woodville had a very good start to the season. I don't like what they've done lately. I would pick Cold Spring. Brian's going Cold Spring. I'm, you know, I'm really tied on this game. I feel like it could go either way. And in the podcast, we kind of talked about it. I think Cold Spring's going to win this one one score. Uh, I think it's going to be a barn burner. I'm going Cold Spring. Got to stay with the local team. Sweeping the board. Now that you say that, it's going to be a 7-3 to three game. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It probably will be. And, and the, as long as the three's on Woodville side, because I know Cold Spring can't p- kick a field goal to save their life. <laughs> so that leaves Woodville with the three. So go. that's going to be where it's at. So uh, that's going to do it for us tonight at Bullet Grill House. Uh, we're here each and every Wednesday night. And uh, y'all come hang out with us, 401 Highway 156 in Point Blank. Come out here and hang out with us. Full crowd inside. we got a decent crowd outside. Uh, got games on the screen, so uh, y'all get out here and come visit us. That's going to do it for the Bullet Grill House pregame show. Uh, we're going to have opening kickoff of the Huffman Falcons at your Livingston Lions and your Cold Spring Trojans on the road at the Woodville Eagles. We'll have kickoff right after this. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com.